This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's Creature Feature, a spotlight on one of the Wildlife Hospital Dunedin's extra special guests. And joining us for the first time in 2022, Jordana Wyant from Dunedin Wildlife Hospital. Morena, great to have you with us. Happy New Year and I hope everything went well for you and yours over the summer break. Morena, Jeff. Yes, it's all business at the hospital as usual, but we've had a good summer so far. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about uh, about that. Obviously, plenty of people visiting local beaches. We know we've seen uh, a lot of visitors to the beach uh, in, in terms of wildlife, plenty of uh, seals and sea lions around. Uh, anything in particular crop up over the summer for the hospital? Well, this is the season, uh, we call it the silly shag season um, because we're getting a lot of spotted shags. Um, it's when they fledge, so sometimes the, the fledglings, the juveniles, don't don't have the first great launch. Uh, get a little confused, not sure how to be shagged yet. Um, so we're seeing loads and loads of them. Um, and sometimes people don't know what they're seeing, so we we get some interesting calls. Um, of, you know, people calling saying, "I'm bringing in a grebe," and we go, "Hmm, <laughs> probably a shag." <laughs> it usually is. So yeah, that's that's pretty typical for this time of year. Well, we're going to talk about another special guest to the hospital, and well, this is a creature that's particularly special to us in this part of the country. Yes, so this this one isn't, uh, most people will know what they're looking at with this one. Um, we're going to be talking about a patient called Danny, who is a little blue penguin, or a Korora. And we we do see lots of little blue penguins in Dunedin, and certainly just along the Otago coast, um, but it's actually quite unusual for us to get them in the hospital. And I'm not sure why that is, but that's just the case. And so I thought I'd take a little bit of time and talk about Little Blue Penguins today because she's she's actually a rare visitor to our hospital. Well, where did you find this Little Blue Penguin? This one was brought to us from Blackhead Beach, just in Dunedin here, uh, just a little bit before Christmas. And just a pro tip for anybody on this, this summer, if you do see a penguin, any kind of penguin, on a beach that's normally used by dog walkers, there's something wrong with the penguins. It's not a normal place for them to be hanging out. It's quite vulnerable for them. Um, gener- generally means they're sick or already injured. Um, they're really vulnerable then <clears throat> to any kind of dog interaction. So they need to be uplifted pretty much straight away, um, which somebody figured out pretty quickly, thankfully. Um, so Danny came to us uh, with some old wounds to the back of her neck, uh, her feet, and her flippers. And we think that they were probably predator wounds, but we can't really say because they had mostly, you know, they've been healing up pretty okay. Um, but what was really the problem was that she was extremely thin. So she was only 606 grams, which we would definitely consider emaciated because she should, as an adult, be more around the one kilo mark. So really, really skinny. And any, that any, what you, want. you don't want skinny penguins. No, any idea why um, Danny was in that condition? We're not sure exactly, but it probably has something to do with the wounds that she had. So whatever that predator attack was, um, really damaged some of her feathers. So even though the wounds had been healing up okay on their own, um, her, her feathers underneath her flippers and all the way down to her feet were really damaged. And it's possible that that made her too cold when she was going into the water. And so she wasn't going out to feed herself. Um, it's just a theory, but it's a pretty good one. And it's, it's hard to imagine. People don't really think about penguins getting cold, but their feathers are so, so important to them. And if there's any damage or any missing, you know, bald patches or what have you, they can be prone to hypothermia and that can actually kill them. So that's p- potentially why she was so skinny. Um, 
And when, when penguins or really any animal are in, in that really emaciated, wasted condition, you can't just just pump food into them. You have to be very careful. You have to do it really methodically to avoid something called refeeding syndrome, which is essentially, you know, the, the body is, is used to being starving at this point. And if you just put the penguin full of food, um, it can cause organ failure. So we have to be quite cautious with how we brought up her food. Um, but the good news is she was really quite eager to eat. As you can imagine, she was really hungry. Uh, and that meant that she learned to hand feed in hospital really quickly. Um, they don't always do that. The little blues seem to take a little bit longer to learn how to hand feed than some of the other penguin species. Um, but thankfully, she she picked that up pretty quickly. And what was she feeding when you started? Uh, we, we're feeding her salmon smolts, which is really nice, rich, fatty fish, you know, really oily. Um, just helps unpack that weight on a little bit more quickly. Um, and she's, thankfully for us, for our staff, she's a pretty clean eater, you know, with the hand feeding. Um, for a little penguin, they, they can make a huge mess when they eat. If they're, if they're you know, shake, shake the fish around when they, they're being a bit cheeky about taking the fish. Um, so if you've never had to clean fish off the ceiling, I can <laughs> tell you that's best to be avoided. <laughs> What sort of personality do they have? Uh, or, you know, again, I suppose every time you get a, a, an individual creature in here, they have their own particular way. What, what about Danny? They do. Yep, Danny is pretty, um, you know, for, for being tiny and being especially tiny because she was so underweight, um, you know, pretty opinionated, pretty sassy. Um, they, they don't always like being handled, and that's, that's certainly the case for her as well. Um, they're, they're very wriggly, uh, and they're... They're 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 hard to handle in a way. In some way, they're easier than other penguin species because they're little. So it only takes one person to manage their treatments and feeding rather than two, like it would for hoi ho. But they're they're tiny, they're slippery, and they're shaped like little torpedoes. So they're really good at getting out of a towel or out of your grasp. Um, and she was no different. Uh, sometimes I remember a few years back we had a, a different little blue penguin, um, a fledgling, so quite a young one. And you had to be cautious with her because as soon as you would open her enclosure, which was up high, she would just leap out of it into your arms. They had to be ready. <laughs> she, she was up. She was really. She was really keen on getting out and, and having interaction, um, which is something also we have to be careful with um, because little blues can habituate to people. They can get used to people. Uh, we do have to be cautious with that. And Danny, it was less of a risk because she is an adult. But with the young ones, we do we do need to limit our interaction so they don't become used to people. Mm. Well, how has Danny's rehabilitation gone? Great. Yeah, really happy with, with how she's progressing. Um, once we got her weight up to a more, uh, you know, a safer level, we were able to send her up to Dr. Philippa Agnew at the at um, Awamaru's Blue Penguin Colony. And they've got an excellent rehab facility up there, and that's where she's staying. I did check in with Dr. Agnew yesterday, and they're really happy with her progression. So she's up to over a kilo now, which is right where she should be. Um, and she she's just about to enter her molt, which is great. Uh, and what that means is she's going to push out all those old feathers, those old damaged sort of ratty-looking feathers that might be holding her back and grow all new ones. So they're just trying to get her a little bit fatter so she can get through her molt naturally um, without any additional help from the team up there. And then they're, they're trying to get her into the pool, but she's still not really enjoying swimming that much. And we think, again, that's because she's probably getting a little bit chilly in the pool, which makes me very sad. Um, but soon enough, she'll have fresh new feathers. And once those are in, she'll be able to be released. Um, and the team will, will take care of that up in Oamaru. So they really do take care, including making sure that she's 
able to be active in the water and all that kind of thing before they even consider releasing her. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So she needs to have her strength up. She needs to be get get some stamina back in the water because it's obviously been a long time since she's been swimming regularly. Uh, and she needs to be fully waterproofed as well. Um, that's not something many people think about, but they'll keep an eye on that too. If she's in the water and she's getting waterlogged, um, that's no good. You can't have a waterlogged penguin. Uh, but, but again, that molt process, that natural molt process will help her get fresh new feathers that should be nice and waterproofed. But they'll, they'll keep a close eye on that before they let her go. What do we know about how well or otherwise little blue penguin numbers uh, are tracking in this part of the world? I did a little bit of research on that because I was curious about that myself. As I said earlier, it's, it's really quite rare for us to get a little blue penguin. And I just was looking at the numbers and the there's, I can't find a, a, an overall population number for New Zealand. I'm not sure that anybody really has that data. Um, but just as an example, one of the, the largest breeding colonies for little blues on the mainland has just over 1,600 breeding pairs. And that's just one colony. And that's, so that gives you an idea of, of how, how many might be out there. And then you compare that to the number of breeding pairs of hoi ho on the entire mainland of New Zealand. And that's only 169. And yet last year we had over 150 hoi-ho in hospital and only three little blue penguins. So we're not really sure why that is. I, I, don't, I don't understand exactly why we, don't, we get so few of them. Hopefully that means that locally it just means they're not getting into too much strife. Are they faster? Um, they might be faster. They do also travel somewhat in, in packs or actually technically in rafts is what a group of penguins is called. Um, so if you go up to the Oamaru colony, you'll see them coming ashore together and sometimes groups of a hundred or more. Um, so there may be a little bit safety in numbers there, or perhaps they just have closer, safer foraging grounds. Um, I'm not sure exactly why that is. Um, but that said, the numbers overall in New Zealand are declining. So that's something to watch. Um, we think of, think of them as having a really healthy population and being heaps of penguins, which it certainly seems like when we see them, but um, to be aware that at one point, the, the hoi-ho were abundant in numbers as well and then started declining, and now we're at the point we are now. So let's, let's think about the little blue penguins now before it gets, the situation gets too dire and start to work on protecting them as well. Well, there's all sorts of factors, but uh, included in them would be introduced predators? Yes, especially cats and dogs with this species um, because they often are in urban areas that we share, uh, you know, we share with the, the penguins. Um, and I know in particular, Oamaru has had difficulties. You know, they're, they're, if you've ever been up there, they're, they're you know, right in the thick of it um, in the city on the harbor front there was where that blue penguin colony is. And there's plenty of cats that wander through there. So they've had some trail cameras up and seen, you know, repeat visitors every night, some cats coming in through the colony. So, it is that is a, a real concern, and and dogs, of course, um, they they can actually do quite a lot of damage, and and you know they they work their way through a colony, they can kill quite a few penguins in one go. So we just always, of course, encourage people to keep their dogs on leads uh, on the beaches um, wherever possible, because you never know where there might be a little penguin hiding. Um, pretty tiny, they can hide in pretty small places, so you may not see them. Um, you know, and and also cars are an issue um, because they're um, often their nesting sites. Don't don't aren't just limited to right on the um, on the shore. They do often will go back a little ways inland, and that means they might have to cross roads. Um, so that's I know up at the um, Pilot Beach Colony uh, out at um, Tairoa Head, they did put some fencing up because they were getting little blue tip by cars, 
And in Oamaru, they've put tunnels under the road to help the, the penguins safely get back to where they want to um, have their nests. All right, so, so there's, there's a few some things, real yeah. proactive measures there that are being taken place. For, for our listeners yeah. out there, for those who might want to be mindful of this and be able to support um, little blue penguin populations and make sure we turn those declining numbers around, what uh, kind of things can we practically do? Well, one of the main things is, is getting involved in that predator control. Um, so it's not just cats and dogs in addition to keeping your pets under control. Um, also, stoats, ferrets, mustelids are, are an issue for little blues. So if you can get involved in trapping from you know, predator-free Dunedin or predator-free wherever you live, um, get yourself some traps, um, get yourself educated about what, what you can do about those introduced predators will certainly help support the little blue penguin numbers. Um, and then supporting local conservation efforts for these penguins, like the Oamaru Blue Penguin Colony. They're funded by visitors to their facility. They're open every night for tours. Um, so if you've not been up there, it's a really wonderful experience. Um, they do great things for the penguins. Um, so definitely support them. And, of course, the Wildlife Hospital as well. Well, indeed, uh, and all the great work that your team is doing. Thank you so much for all of you. Uh, being around and helping out over the summer months while everyone else has been vacationing. Um, it's uh, it's one of the factors at this time of year, isn't it, that we've got more eyes and ears out. Uh, you're probably as busy now as you ever are. Um, That's right. Yeah. So thanks, Jordana, again, for joining us on the, uh, the Awesome Morning Show for our Creature Feature. Always look forward um, to this spot uh, every month and to learning more about the creatures that are in our local environments. Um, go well, and we look forward to catching up with you again in a month's time. Thanks, Jeff. We'll see you in February. The Wildlife Hospital Dunedin treats sick and injured native New Zealand species right here in the heart of Aotearoa's wildlife capital. Their expert veterinary team patches up more than 500 patients every year, returning the majority of them back to the wild where they belong. You can learn more about the hospital, including ways to support this charitable trust, at wildlifehospitaldunedin.org.nz or follow their Facebook page for more fabulous creature content. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.